Hi everyone! Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to say that I struggled a lot with whether or not I should post a podcast today due to everything that's going on in the world. Ultimately, I decided I wanted to post this and share what Jamie's doing, but I also wanted to acknowledge everything that's happening in North America right now and encourage people to research and find places to donate, petitions to sign, and other ways to support this movement. With that being said, let's jump in and hear from Jamie about all that she does. Hello everyone, welcome back to this episode of the Water Women podcast. My name is Jill and I'm the host and creator of this podcast and I'm joined today with Jamie. Hi Jamie, how are you doing today? Hi Jill, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. So let's start out talking a little bit about yourself. Can you give us a brief description about who you are? Um, sure. So uh, my name is Jamie and I'm from California. Um, I'm currently a fourth year veterinary student at UC Davis. Um, but my background is that I, I went to undergrad at UC Davis with a degree in animal biology and a minor in entomology. Um, and then after college, I, I knew I wanted to work with animals. So I decided I wanted to become a zookeeper. Um, so I went back to LA and volunteered at a local zoo for a while before I got hired as a real zookeeper. And then um, shortly after I got accepted into the exotic animal training and management program at Moore Park College. So I learned formally how to train exotic animals um, and work with them with positive reinforcement training and um, incorporating enrichment and um, a lot of welfare stuff. So that was really great. Um, But after all that, I realized I wanted to do veterinary medicine. So I had to take a couple classes um, as prerequisites. And while I was um, doing one of those prerequisites, uh, there was a project that the teacher gave us um, to kind of look at our plastic consumption um, and kind of evaluate it and try to reduce it. And I thought, like, how can I take this to the next level? Because um, being a zookeeper, you meet a lot of people who are very, very passionate about conservation. Um, and so that kind of laid the foundation for me for conservation and, and taking care of our planet. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of take the project to the next level. And I already knew how to crochet from after college. I taught myself um, from a little, like, teach yourself to crochet book. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and then, um, so I had already started teaching myself how to design little animals um, by myself out of, like, crocheted animals. Um, and then I kind of remembered that my mom used to crochet when I was little. Um, and she kind of went through this phase where she was crocheting with plastic and making like little like water bottle holders and um, bags and stuff like that. So I was like, Hey, like, I wonder if I can, you know, combine these two things like crocheting with plastic and making my little animals that I was already doing. Um, and that's kind of how this project started. I just experimented with a couple uh, little animals. I started with like a little jellyfish out of plastic and it's kind of grown from there. Um, so now, now that I'm in vet school, I don't have quite as much time to do it, but I crochet as much as I can like in my spare time and um, yeah, just trying to raise awareness for, for the plastic pollution problem in our oceans and um, at the same time raising money that I use to donate to 
to organizations that are either actively cleaning up the oceans or doing research or just doing general ocean conservation. That is awesome. I think it's really cool that you're not like often on this podcast, we have marine scientists and Mm -hmm. people who are very strictly like only focused on marine. So I think it's so cool that you're Mm -hmm. in vet school, but also working as kind of like an ocean (laughs) warrior and like finding ways to help this. Yeah, just trying to do anything I can with with the skills that I have. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's super awesome. So do you want to talk a little bit about what microplastics are and why people should be concerned about them? Oh, absolutely. So um, if you're not aware, microplastics are um, just plastics that have been broken down by the ocean currents. So every piece of plastic we use, like you know, in theory, it goes to the landfill once we're done with it, but a lot of that gets blown off and it ends up, you know, in the wild and ends up in the waterways and eventually ends up in the oceans. And the waves just, the action of the waves breaks down the plastic um, into smaller and smaller pieces. And we're finding, um, you know, research is being done that has shown that, like, pretty much all the fish in the ocean have microplastics in their system because they're eating it by accident and we know that like the albatrosses and all the other seabirds um, are actually eating it and and bringing pieces of plastic to their babies and feeding it to them Um, so it's it's affecting every level of the food chain out in the ocean and i imagine on land as well um, because there's no way other animals aren't (laughs) accidentally consuming it Um, so I, I feel like every little thing we can do to reduce our plastic consumption is really important because, you know, even if you don't necessarily care about the animals out in the ocean, um, it's affecting us too. And yeah. and even if you don't realize it, you're probably consuming it at some level um, in small amounts. So. Um, oh, absolutely. And it's important to remind people too that like the trophic level as it as these microplastics pass through there, like mm-hmm. if fish are ingesting these plastics, those fish end yep. up on our plate and then suddenly exactly. we're ingesting them. Yep. A hundred percent. Exactly right. <laughs> so in your opinion, what can people do to be more sustainable? Like what is one thing that you've tried to change and what can other people take from you? Um, one, uh, I have a few things that I really like, um, (laughs) of course, (laughs) um, I think using, uh, reduced reusable produce bags is really important. Um, because each of those little, those thin little plastic bags that you put each of your little vegetables in, like that only gets used once and then you throw it away. Um, so if you can buy like mesh reusable produce bags, you can just reuse those over and over and wash them, and that'll reduce your plastic by quite a bit um, every day. And and one thing that's really great at our local supermarket, at least before all this COVID-19 stuff started, of course, um, there's this one uh, checkout woman at our local grocery store who's so sweet, so amazing, and she's really into um, being more sustainable. So when people come to her checkout line, she she simply asks them like, oh, do you need all of these, you know, plastic produce bags? And they're like, huh, 
I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess not because she says like, you know, like the onions basically come in their own little wrapping um, and like the garlic comes in its own little wrapping. So if you don't need it, um, you know, do you mind if I consolidate all your produce into one bag? And then she saves it for me so that I can use, since they've already been used, they're not going to put them back, you know, Um, but she'll save them for me. And then I can use them as stuffing in my little crocheted animals. Um, So obviously that's not happening right now, but um, it's something that she does just to like ask people like, hey, like, why don't you take a moment and think about like how much plastic you're using and kind of gently encourages them to to consider it and maybe change their actions in the future, which I think is really amazing. Um, Yeah, definitely. In addition to those um, reusable produce bags, I really like um, these silicone um, zip zip top bags. So they're kind of like, um, like stasher bags, but there's, there are, you know, there's different brands. There's not just stasher bags, but they're basically reusable silicone, um, zip top bags. And I really like those. So I haven't bought, um, like plastic Ziploc bags in, in years. Um, and I really like those reusable ones because they're dishwasher safe. You can use them for sous vide. Um, and they're just, Oh, they're just really practical and really sturdy. So I really like those. Um, definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. They're two very easy switches too that you can make. They're not something that's really going to impact your daily life. Like a lot of people think, oh, to right. go green, like I have to go buy this huge green car. But no, you can make all these <laughs> little changes that add yeah, up. Exactly. And the other one I don't really like is... Um, the saran wrap, like the plastic wrap. Oh, I know. So um, I've tried the bees wrap. That's the the like wrap that you can use that's made out of like honeybee um, wax. Um, that one's pretty good, but it's a little like hard to get it to conform. So I found these other ones that are also silicone and they're kind of like a stretchy, they, they come in circles and they're kind of thin and they stretch over your bowls. Um, no matter what shape the bowl is. And those are pretty sturdy and I really like those as well. Yeah, that is awesome. I do. I like the beeswax wraps for some things, but then there's some things that they like, they won't stick to or you can't get it. Like I I often will get watermelon and just like cut it in half and I'm not going to eat watermelon in Mm -hmm. a sitting, but the beeswax wraps like doesn't stick to it. So it's just like kind of, and it's very, so those would be awesome for that. Like a silicone based thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should check them out. Because yeah, I think definitely. for the watermelon, that would be perfect because it would stretch over it and they come in different sizes. So um, yeah, so depending what size your watermelon is, you can just stretch it over and it sticks to it. And it's, yeah, I really like those too. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. So you mentioned you got some of the plastic from your local grocery store. Where do you get mm-hmm. all your plastics when you're crocheting these animals? Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so California, as you may know, um, has a plastic bag ban, um, which is amazing. love that. Um, but it definitely is harder to get um, like those, those really thin plastic bags um, now <laughs> for me. So I have friends in other states um, that send me their used plastic bags when they have them. So I have, I have an endless supply, of course, from other states that don't have plastic bag bans. Um, so that's how, that's how I get them. But I encourage them to, you know, like, you don't need to use plastic bags just for me. Like, but if you, if they're just giving them to you at, at the grocery store or at the stores that you're going to, then, you know, go ahead and save them for me and send them on over, especially, um, colorful ones. And, um, 
because I have a huge stash of white, like the thank you bags right now, because um, I I post a lot in like a zookeeper Facebook page that I'm part of, because I'm still like kind of part of that community, even though I'm not a zookeeper anymore. Um, And they're actually like a huge part of my, um, the, the people that like, buy my stuff because they're real they're so into conservation um so there was there was one zoo that was trying to phase out plastic bags from their gift shop completely um and so one of the zookeepers asked if she could send me all of their leftover you know white thank you bags since they were phasing it out um and so she sent me this huge box of white plastic bags that they didn't want to use anymore, but they didn't want to just throw away. So that's why I got a, a huge supply of, of some plastic bags, which was great. Um, but I'm kind of set for a while. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I find myself feeling very guilty right now with everything going on. Like mm-hmm. in where I am, Atlanta, Canada, we're not allowed to bring our own bags into the mm-hmm. stores anymore. So we like yeah. have to take... Um, plastic bags unless I want to carry everything like individually up into my house so I find myself like feeling so guilty over that but it's nice to know that there's like other uses for them rather than just saving them for like trash bags yeah absolutely yeah they're the same thing is is going on here which I'm pretty bummed about but I I understand of course Um, yeah just trying to reduce the spread but yeah it's a it's a kind of a blow to ocean conservation at the moment (laughs) everything has to be disposable (laughs) you feel very guilty because you're like I did I worked so hard to get to this almost waste-free lifestyle and all of a sudden I have to do it this way and like yep (laughs) it's definitely a blow but something that we understand needs to happen yeah of course of course (laughs) so with these crocheted animals you actually use the funds to donate correct Correct. Um, So all of the net profit. So I keep, you know, a very small amount just for supplies and stuff, Um, you know, like packaging supplies and stuff like that. Um, But the vast majority of the money that I get from selling these animals on Etsy, I donate them to various ocean cleanup and conservation organizations. That is awesome. I'm sure they're very thankful for it. Yeah, I think so. Um, I love it when um, organizations that I donate to actually um, reach out to me to say that they received my donation and they're appreciative. Um, Because not all of them do that, which I realize like they're very busy, um, large organizations. Um, But there have been a few that have reached out and been like, you know, thank you, your donation is going to be used for X, Y, and Z. And which is so nice to hear. I, I love it when they do that. It makes me feel like like it was appreciated and that it's going to be used for a good cause. So, And that's worth it. What you're doing is actually doing something, which is a nice feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, like an organization like Five Gyres, which is uh, based down in Southern California, was one that I think they're a pretty small, they're on a smaller scale organization, but they're doing a lot of really cool stuff like they, they schedule um, research trips out into the ocean and they look at, you know, how, how plastic is affecting the animal life. So they'll like catch little fish and they're, you know, they're finding the microplastics in those little fish and stuff like that. Um, and they've been doing research on those, uh, like the quote unquote biodegradable plastics. Yeah. Um, so, so, the, and they're finding that, you know, in theory, like if they're in a compost 
like a large scale compost bin, um, they will degrade, but like in the ocean, it's not having the same effects and they're not breaking down at the same rates that they're advertised to, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So they're doing some really interesting research and, and cool stuff. Yeah. It is a little disheartening knowing about the greenwashing going on, like things that are, say that they're um, biodegradable or green friendly. And then you kind of look more into it and you're like, this isn't, this is only biodegradable in certain areas. Like, yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah. And you definitely have to do your research. So there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot of things that say they're green products and then aren't. It's mm-hmm. so, kind of heartbreaking um, thing to be in like this, uh, field because you're kind of like well everything I do sucks but (laughs) (laughs) yeah here I am trying yeah we're all we're all trying that's what's important (laughs) that's what matters when you crochet your animals what types of different animals do you make can you make almost anything or um I've been mostly sticking to ocean animals um just because it's like the ocean theme um since that's what I'm that's like the main purpose and that's what I'm donating to you so I make a little albatross, which like, that's why my, my little username on Instagram is the plastic albatross, um, because the albatross is like kind of the poster child for all this plastic pollution. Um, after those photos kind of came out with all the dead chicks and the Mm. albatrosses with, with the plastic in their bellies. Um, like that was all that was left with their skeletons. Um, so that, that's kind of, my poster child and like the, the, the inspiration for this project. Um, but I also make like sea lions and sea otters and sea turtles, um, manta rays, sharks. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a huge variety. You'll have to check them out. Um, one of the more recent ones I made was a rhino for, um, this group, this new nonprofit organization called Crash, which is conservationists um, raising awareness for species and habitats. Um, and it's named that because Crash is what a group of rhinos is called. Um, and so they're raising money partially for their, um, they support a canine unit, an anti poaching canine unit in Namibia. Um, and so they're raising some money for that. Um, and also their, their goal is to raise money to give to other nonprofits, um, by purchasing items that they need for their organization. Like if they're working with certain animals and their animals need, you know, blankets or enrichment items, then they'll use the money to buy items to send to them directly. Um, yeah. And so they're just trying to do conservation stuff. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I can, I guess I could theoretically try to make most animals. Um, but it just kind of depends, like if I can figure out like yeah, how to make the shapes that I want to make. And, um, yeah. <laughs> that is so Do you have a favorite animal to make? Like what's your favorite one to make? Um, let's see. I really like making the albatrosses. They're, they're very simple and, um, because they're very a very streamlined shape um (laughs) but I know a lot of people really like my sea turtle design so I make that quite a bit um because it's just really cute and small (laughs) they are pretty Um, cute 
<laughs> What's your favorite animal in general? Like not any that you make, just your favorite mm-hmm. ocean animal that has kind of inspired you to help save the oceans. Oh. Ocean animal. I have a favorite land animal too, but um, I guess my favorite ocean animal... I really like dolphins and sea lions, like the classics. Yes. <laughs> um, and sea turtles. So I make all of those, and those are really fun. Um, but as a zookeeper, the one animal that kind of really, really got me, um, and this is like more of a personality thing, not like, oh, I just like this animal in general. Um, but I have a, a really soft spot in my heart for uh, kawadis or kawadamundis. They're, they're like the raccoons of South America. They're related to raccoons, but they have really long snouts. A lot of people think that they're anteaters. Um, But I worked with a pair of, they were sisters um, while I was at my exotic animal training school. And um, the one I worked with, their names were Boo and Scout. (laughs) And um, yeah, and so Boo had intervertebral disc disease um, which is basically like a slipped disc in humans. So it's very painful and um, resulted in her not really being able to walk properly. So uh, about the year before I started school there, she had surgery to correct, um, basically take out all the extruded material from her disc. Um, and so she needed a lot of special therapy and stuff. Uh, just like special walks and exercises to help her kind of recover afterwards. So I got to be involved in all of that. Um, And she's kind of the one that put me back on the track to veterinary medicine. Um, And I actually wrote a paper about her and her recovery and it got published um, in the Journal of Zoo and Wildlife Medicine. So um, yeah, so that's my favorite animal just like overall, but. um, That's amazing. Congratulations. (laughs) That's a big deal. Thank you. Yeah, I was really excited about it. (laughs) I can imagine. And just Uh kind of like a last question to end us off. Who inspires you? Who is your kind of like conservation inspiration in life? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I don't know, just all the all the people that are, are working their hardest, you know, like, everyone who's everyone out there who's who's making little steps in their life. I think that's really inspiring and, and yeah, so there's not like a huge, like famous person necessarily. It's, it's all the, all the regular people who are, who are trying stuff in their life. I think. I think that's a great thing to inspire you. I love that. So (laughs) if people want to purchase any of your animals, where can they find that or where can they follow along with you? Um, I'm on, Etsy. So that's where they can look for my animals. Uh, My shop is called JYN Creations, all one word. Um, And on Facebook, my my Facebook uh, professional page is also with JYN Creations. Um, And then on Instagram, uh, my handle is the plastic albatross. Awesome. Well, definitely make sure to check all that out and purchase some of them because they're pretty cute. I'm looking at them right now and I love them. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jamie. It was awesome having you on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell my story and talk about ocean stuff. (laughs) I'm glad. I think it's pretty important to spread information about the microplastics and what they're doing. So I'm glad you're doing this and I'm glad you're using them in a productive way. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Water Women podcast. 
I love sharing this podcast, and I hope that you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. You can follow along with the podcast on all our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at The Water Women Podcast and on Twitter at The Water Women Pod. You can also check out our website for you can also check out our website at waterwomenpodcast.weebly.com and for any questions or to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at waterwomenpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and stay salty. Thank you.